Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Friday, August 12th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons. Family-owned, full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Puy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here. So we were out at Washington Patriots football practice yesterday. Had a great time out there and uh, got a lot of good stuff on our mic'd up segment. Uh, we'll, air, we'll show you a tease of that here in a little bit. Not quite yet, uh, but uh, it was a good time out there yesterday. Learned a lot. Got to see the offense run some plays, and uh, there as a team, they're really excited for this year and very confident that they're going to have a better year than last year yeah when we talked with uh joe verbal you said the goal is at least eight and two for this uh washington patriot team this year after going five and five the past two seasons so they got a lot of confidence and we'll just have to wait and see if that uh confidence pays off for them and that all the talk that they were giving us works and proves themselves i guess is what i'm trying to say on the field yeah, I think uh, you know Washington obviously is a confident team, uh, which I don't know if that was necessarily there the last two seasons because you know they're a newer school, they're trying to establish themselves uh, as a consistent program. And in the last two years, though, the, there has been consistency, back-to-back five-win seasons, which is nothing to be uh, completely you know disappointed with. I mean, obviously, you want to have more success than five and five but it's a good place to start building success and uh i think that they're a team now that they've seen those wins and they've proven that they can be competitive against some of the teams in this area and across the state and uh i think that now is the year for them where they really feel like they need to make the jump from five and five to six 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 seven eight wins or even more if they're able to really get it together. And uh, you look at this team, and there are definitely some, you know, big-time players. They have a really solid offensive line uh, full of some big physical kids. They got Vrobel and Delgado, who we talked to yesterday, that I think are pretty good athletes for them uh, at the quarterback and and fullback positions. Um so they're a team to definitely be <clears throat> on your radar and uh, looking forward to see what Washington has when we get into this regular season and when we kick off the season uh, between Washington and Hedgesville. And here's a little bit from head coach Glenn Simpson. You can hear the whole uh, conversation on EPAC All Access airing over the next couple of weeks on TV 10 and WRNR TV on YouTube. Here's a little bit from Coach Simpson to start out the interview. Well, I hope for a lot better than 5-5. Five and five. We've got an experienced group. Um, Having some technical difficulties here. Lost some internet, I guess. Buffering. I don't know what's going on, but... uh, Hate when videos buffer. It's always the worst. Hate when videos buffer. Yeah, that'd be 100% correct. Uh, But he was, you know, he was very confident in his team to go along with the players. And uh, here we go. 
young men who have done all the right things. They've worked the right way. They've put in the time. They've uh, made those football deposits over the last several years. Now it's time to start uh, cashing some of those out. That was a good teaser bite for, I think, the whole show that we'll have to in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and he talked about, too, maybe getting a few more players than they've had in the past on the roster this year, which was something we mentioned on the show yesterday, that when you start to have it is. Uh, consistency as a program, then kids that maybe were hesitant about putting in the full commitment to football might start joining your team, and that obviously more kids on the team equals more talent usually, so uh, you can have more success. So I think Washington's definitely a team to look out for this year, and, and they're going to be an interesting one uh, to see where they fall in the standings when things are all said and done. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how not only uh, Delgado as well as Verbal do, but how well that offensive line is because uh, I know we just teased it a little bit, but we heard a lot of praise coming from Coach Simpson as well as Delgado as well as Verbal, and that offensive line is going to be really good for them this season, especially uh, the defensive line, I think, is who Simpson also said. So we'll have to see how the big guys are and – he said that he'd put him up against anybody in the state. That he did. And uh, speaking of Coach Simpson, Nick, you ready to uh, hit play on this uh, mic'd up segment preview? Yeah, I'm ready to go. All right, three, two, one, go. All right, come back. I want to line up on that. Line up on that, please. That was not bad at all, not bad at all, but I do want to tweak a little something on this. I want to tweak a little something on this. All right. So... Got to take the lateral step. Okay? Going to show the ball. Boom. But you got to take the lateral step. We need that timing. When you get into your pitch relationship, go. You're going flat, and then you got eyes on him, and you got to bubble a little bit. Okay? You got to get a little bit of depth. All right? You got to sling it out here. Okay? If we're catching the pitch here, we're in trouble. Okay? If we're catching it here, we're in trouble. I want to be out here, okay? I want to be out here. All right, get in the huddle. I want to be out beyond our seven. Out beyond our seven. That was just a one-minute clip of, honestly, at this the way these mic'd up segments are going, we could do a whole show, a whole 30-minute program on YouTube and on TV 10, that's just the mic'd up segments from each coach, the way that uh, we've gotten good bites out of everything. So far, just the two that we've done. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun so far, and I'm glad that the uh, weather cooperated more yesterday than it did when we were in Musselman. Yeah, next week's going to be very tough looking at the weather. We're, we're set to go to Jefferson on Monday, Hedgesville on Tuesday, and Spring Mills on Wednesday. And those three days, there's a big chance of rain. Hopefully that uh, stays off. Because you know the Eastern Panhandle? It could rain. It also could not rain. It could rain for 30 minutes in the middle of the day, and then you're fine the rest of the day. Who knows? Have to uh, figure things out as we go along next week. But today, we'll be down at Coburn Field at Martinsburg practice for their media day and uh, for their practice, I believe. It'll probably be a lighter practice because I think they do have a scrimmage tomorrow. I could be wrong. They might not have a scrimmage tomorrow. 
But uh, it should be a good time talking to uh, the reigning state champions. The Are they 10-time state champions now? Nine. Nine-time state 10. champions. That's what it is. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Martinsburg is kind of the class of AAA football in the state. So uh, anytime you, I guess, get a chance to see what they have coming back this year and how they look at practice, I think it will be exciting. Um, they have a talented team that we know is – trying to get that TEF state championship and uh should be fun to go out there and, and see what this year's team looks like i mean we know that quarterback wise they're obviously set with ezra bajant and murphy clement back um you know a lot of their skill positions they have guys returning with experience but not necessarily the big name like hudson clement being gone i think is the one that they're going to try to replace but i think uh, they do have a lot of different weapons that can maybe add up to the production of Hudson Clement. I don't know if one guy will have his kind of season this year uh, for Martinsburg, but Roman Pearson, uh, you know, Eric King as a running back type Stephon guy. Stephon yeah, Barclay. Who played for his last first year last year. Yeah. So I think uh, maybe his second year in the system could be really cool. Yeah, Roman Pearson, who I already mentioned, is kind of the main receiver that we – saw last year step up and play big minutes so we'll see uh how martinsburg looks but i think they obviously have uh some talented kids coming back that were maybe just waiting for their opportunity and uh they have a lot of guys that already had opportunities last year that return a few question marks maybe on the o-line in terms of who's going to step in uh, for some of their seniors that they've lost but I mean, Martinsburg doesn't really rebuild. They retool, so uh, they should be right back to around where they were last year. Yeah, if they have everybody coming back from last year in this uh, now senior and junior classes, they're both massive. I believe they've got a couple new people as well that are impressing. And it's already over 20 each for those classes. So, as you said, not rebuild, it's retool. So, really looking forward to Martinsburg's season this year. And as you mentioned Hudson Clement's gone, so it'll be interesting to see how they have to replace those numbers. But I'm not really as intrigued when it comes to the receiving numbers in replacing him because I think they'll have enough weapons to come close to that in total. I'm really looking to see how they have to do in the return game replacing him with you've been You've been saying that for the last punts. couple of weeks. He's the guy that did it all for them in those situations, So, and that's a big job. you got to be able to get field position on punts and kickoffs. Yeah, and they are Emmert says new addition Rashad Reed, nose guard and offensive guard. So that's somebody that's on there to, uh, to replace linemen that have uh, that have left, but uh it should be a good time out at Ed Martinsburg football practice today. Uh we'll be recording for EPAC All Access, which hopefully we'll have at least start rolling by the middle of next week. We just got to go through and uh, kind of add in some stuff to each uh each episode and kind of see if we can take stuff out if we we gotta kind of get it to a 30 minute mark we got a lot of stuff in the last couple the, the first two it's going to be more of a strategic thing that we've got to time out things during uh when we're talking to the coaches and the, and the players and trying to figure out how long we want those mic'd up segments to be we'll figure it out as we said this is the first year doing it it's been a lot of fun so far so next step is just as 
Spencer says. We got to figure out uh, how long we want each segment to be. Yeah, and uh, we'll hopefully figure that out by Monday and have stuff start airing by Tuesday or Wednesday. But that'll do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, uh, we had an NFL game local team last night. The Ravens played, and uh, guess what? Their preseason wins record continued. We'll talk about that. Plus, Commander Steelers getting ready to do battle. We'll talk about that and more coming up next in the second segment of the Sports Mix for your August 12, 2022. We'll be back in two minutes. To a place I belong in Maine, I be West Virginia. We're doing wild from every EPAC coach every week on the Sports Mix this fall. They really showed that they have a lot of play with just about anybody. That's the culture that we've been building here at Washington High. You know, our senior leadership stepped up and said it's playoffs are bust for us. Pretty much the same thing we've been saying since day one. Stay humble, stay hungry. We've been able to solidify some things. I really think the key for our team is the control. They do some things that if we're not ready, they'll be the team that's sitting there at 500 at the end of the night. The Sports Mix, weekdays from 12 to 1 and re-aired from 5 to 6. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV10. You could just see Colin yawning. Come on, you can't yawn. We're on the air. It wasn't on the mic. The what? <laughs> I got a lump in my throat there when I said that. Welcome back to this Where's edition of the Sports. <laughs> Happy Friday, everybody. Feel good Friday here on the Sports Mix. Uh, talk some uh, Ravens. They're currently winning, continuing to win the most preseason games ever in NFL history. They get a win last night without 90% of their starters. Almost 100, I feel like. They only uh, played four starters last night. So that's got to be what? If you 22. Four divided by 22. Do you take in Justin Tucker as one of those four? Uh, I was no. about to say, was he that's counted special in teams. I don't, I don't really count special play, teams. And their punter played too. I don't count special teams because you usually don't carry multiple carries yeah, and punters. Unless your punter is not good, but obviously that's definitely not the case for Justin Tucker. But they get a win last He's not night. not punter. I mean, punter or kicker. I meant they have a the rookie duel. punter. Oh, yeah, because Sam Cook retired. Yeah, they got Jordan Stout now from Penn State. Did, did they have anybody in for competition, or are they 100% in on him? I mean, they drafted him, so I think they're committed to him. He looked good last night. Yeah, I think he looked fine. They uh, got the 23-10 to 10 victory over the Titans. Was there any logo stomping? No. Somebody had joked because, I guess, in warm-ups, like, the Titans kicker and punter were, like, standing on the logo for, like, a little bit. So they had tweeted it out, and they were like, uh, the Titans still start in this in the preseason, but no, it's just a joke. Uh, but in terms of the game, I think a few guys really stood out. I think overall the rookies looked really good. Uh, Kyle Hamilton recovered a fumble, was flying to the football. Uh, rookie tight end Isaiah Likely made four catches for 44 yards, had a few nice moves. Uh, he's an exciting young player. And uh, third-round pick Travis Jones had a sack. Uh, blew up a couple plays in the backfield, nose tackle, D tackle type. So, you know, he was a guy that fell to them, and I, I felt like it was a really good pick. The thing is, though, uh, Tyler Lindenbaum is not able to play right now, their first round pick center, uh, due to an injury. But um, offensive line looked all right. I thought Jawan James played well. 
who was the tackle they picked up from the Broncos last year, if you guys remember, got injured uh, working out, and then the Broncos cut him and the Ravens signed him. Uh, and he's now starting until Ronnie Stanley gets back, and he might end up being their starting right tackle depending on who wins the job between him and Morgan Moses. So he, he had some nice uh, blocks when he was in. I think overall, though, uh, you know, the team looked pretty good, but it's just the first preseason game. Tyler Huntley looked really good, but he's a backup that now has NFL starting experience. So. 16 to 18, 109 yards and a touchdown. Anthony Brown seemed pretty good, 10 for 15, 117 yards. Yeah, I didn't really watch past the first half, so uh, I didn't really see much of him. But um, overall, I think you know a lot of the rookies stood out, which is what you want to see in the first preseason game. And the Ravens got the win. It was kind of cool to see Malik Willis. He did some good things. Yeah, um, one thing I wanted to point out, though, is a guy on that defensive line who uh, is a – relatively local guy in the dc metro area from stonebridge high school aaron crawford i actually grew up with him uh he had uh two total tackles or two tackles along with an assist tackle and uh he could make a name for himself this year as he's been on that practice squad and he was uninjured reserve last year but i think he could be a guy in that d line that could make the team as a depth defensive lineman or even still stay on the practice squad yeah potentially i think uh you know, they got a lot of pretty good defensive linemen on their team already, and Michael Pierce and uh, obviously the rookie Travis Jones, they're hoping can make a big impact, Clayus Campbell. So that's kind of three guys right there that you'd see rotating in on the D-line in terms of minutes played. But, yeah, I mean, maybe Crawford can make reserve player. Uh, another guy that looked good, had a nice touchdown catch, uh, was, where is it? Uh, the Bridges kid, who's an undrafted free agent, Shamar Bridges, 6'4", wide receiver, out of some very small school. I can't remember what the name of the college he went to is. But, uh, you know, he could be a guy that makes it. I think the Ravens could use a tall wide receiver. He's the tallest wide receiver they have on the roster, and he went up and he, he grabbed a contestant catch. So maybe a guy that can make it as their fifth or sixth receiver on the team. And speaking of receivers, that kind of seems to be where the Ravens are lacking after that Marquise Brown trade when it comes to experience. I mean, you got the youngsters, you got the injuries that have been on those to those players, uh, but you just don't have the experience. That could be the only thing lacking for the Ravens this year. Yeah, I, I think the thing is that the Ravens aren't a wide receiver heavy usage team. Uh, so like a guy like Likely, you know, typically you'd think the second string tight end and a team that has a tight end as good as Mark Andrews really wouldn't get any playing time or really be an impact player. But I think in the Ravens offense, he could be, you know, a 40 catch tight end and, and you know, 300, 400 yards and a few touchdowns uh, even as a second string tight end because I think they're going to probably use him a lot of different ways. Um but, yeah, they do lack experience at wide receiver. James Prochet, who's been kind of the standout uh, as the second receiver behind Rashad Bateman, is out right now with an injury. So they don't have him. They didn't play most of their guys that are coming back that have a little bit of experience like Devin Duvernay didn't play last night. So in terms of getting a, a read on the returning receivers, we really didn't see that um, from the game last night. So probably week two or week three we'll get a better idea who could potentially start alongside Bateman. Uh, but I, I would imagine the top three in some order will be Bateman, Duvernay, and uh, Prochet when we get to the 
regular season. Tylen Wallace also got hurt last night, who's a young receiver that they drafted, I think, last year out of Oklahoma State. He got hurt, has a knee injury. I don't think it's too severe, though, so he'll return at some point this preseason. I wasn't really looking you to see. You did watch that game. I, I watched some me. of it. I didn't really look to see who stood out. I wanted to see from the Ravens just to talk about uh, how they did as a whole in certain situations. And I think the one that really stood out to me was that last drive before halftime where they got the touchdown to take the lead. And it was basically the two-minute drill. I mean, it took 10 plays to go 58 yards. It wasn't in under two minutes, but it was – three minutes 16 second and you got that touchdown with 35 seconds to go and with backups I think the play calls all worked out and it was a really nice drive to see everybody clicking on all cylinders as a whole for that Ravens offense and you think it would make sense that those are probably the same place that the first string is going to get so in that type of situation with the backups clicking I think the Ravens can look forward to when the regular season comes, situations that are similar to that, that hopefully the first string is pulling off. Yeah, I, I think that's something definitely the Ravens need to focus on because uh, in years past, especially when you go back to the playoff team, some of the concerns was with that offense, what would a Ravens two-minute drill look like? And usually when the Ravens are trailing in the fourth quarter and need that last drive uh, late in a ball game, it doesn't go their way because they are such a run heavy team that's kind of developed more and more as Lamar Jackson's improved as a passer but uh that is definitely something that they need to uh, have success with um so I would I would agree I think too I mean a noteworthy touchdown score was by Mike Davis who could end up being the week one starter depending on uh what happens with Dobbins and Gus Edwards so he got into the end zone that was good to see yeah, and uh, one final thing about the Ravens here. This came up this morning on ESPN's Get Up. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reported Friday that a, quote, gap still exists between Jackson, who's entering the final year of his – Lamar Jackson, who's entering the final year of his rookie contract, and the Ravens and talks about a new deal. Quote, the people I'm talking to believe this is very well might not get done by week one because there's a gap in the pay of guaranteed money in the structure of the contract, Fowler said. Lamar Jackson wants a very wants very strong guarantees, and he's got the blueprint with Deshaun Watson and the fully guaranteed deal he got of $230 million from the Browns. He added that the Ravens did, quote, make a push in recent weeks, end quote, in an effort to finalize a deal before the regular season kicks off in September. Uh, I think this Deshaun Watson deal has thrown a wrench in a lot of contracts, especially quarterbacks, when you're trying to get an extension to a guy that is actually shown progress on the field compared to Deshaun Watson, who we haven't seen on the field in years. Yeah, I would tend to think that this doesn't get done, though, before uh, the regular season because it hasn't really seemed like there's been much movement on it. Um, but I don't think the Ravens are super concerned because, like I said before, they can franchise Lamar, and as long as Lamar is playing uh, – it doesn't matter too much. Plus, the Ravens might want to see maybe one more year, even though this guy's already proven a lot. I mean, he's won an MVP. He's gotten you to the playoffs. Uh, he has a great record as a starting quarterback. Um, but I think they they still want to see maybe that championship. And if history were to repeat itself like it did with Joe Flacco, I wouldn't be too angry about it. Because if Flacco bet on himself and he went on to win the Super Bowl, 
obviously he didn't work out after he signed the contract, but a lot of that had to do with some injuries and stuff like that. Uh, but if Lamar Jackson bets on himself, wins another MVP, wins a Super Bowl, I won't be mad about it if they have to break the bank to pay him. All right, let's turn our attention to the commanders and stick with the quarterback room. Uh, interesting interview came out uh, the other day from ABC7 in D.C. Scott Abraham, their sports director, has been going on going one-on-one with all the players during training camp. And he went one-on-one with uh, Carson Wentz, and he asked uh, some very interesting hard-hitting questions that uh, kind of – make people feel uncomfortable here's a minute and seven second segment from the interview there's been kind of a narrative out there here in training camp that you've been a little inaccurate um on your throws uh consistently inconsistent has been a kind of a terminology how would you assess your performance in training camp and is that characteristic fair yeah i mean for one it's camp you know i think uh i didn't know that so thank you because I know you told time, me you don't read that stuff. At the same time, uh, I'm my biggest critic. So I, I come back after practice yeah. and I'm kicking myself over one, two, three, four, five plays, you know. Real talk here, Carson. It's been well documented. Philly didn't want you. Indy didn't want you. Do you think this is your last chance to prove that you can be a starting quarterback in the NFL? Yeah, you know, I don't really think about all that stuff. For me, I'm playing the game that I love. And I have the most confidence of anybody in myself to deliver, to play at a high level, um, to, you know, be a part of something special here with this team. And so I don't I don't put all that pressure on myself. I don't put, you know, people can, can feel that way. People can say what they want, and uh, I have no issue with that. You know, that is what it is. But for me, I don't, I don't think in those terms. Interesting questions there, Colin. I mean, maybe the second one came off a bit rude with how he worded that question. But I think they're fair questions. I don't see, as a whole, things wrong with those two questions because what he's saying isn't wrong. It seemed like Philly didn't want him. I mean, granted, there were some injuries. The Colts only had him for one year. So asking said, the guy if this, in your mindset, is your last chance at a starting quarterback position, I think is fair. And... At the same time, that is the narrative that's going around, going back to the first question, is that he's been inaccurate. You said that a couple of days ago, is, hey, I heard this, what do you think? I'm like, we'll have to wait and see because it's just practice, but I don't see a big deal with why the guy's getting harped on, because maybe they came off a little rude, but I think they're fair questions. I would say that I think I wouldn't have asked those questions the way he asked them, I think is the big thing. Um, but I I do agree to an extent that those are questions that people are having. I think though the bigger thing from that interview is the way Carson Wentz handled those questions. He handled them very maturely and I think probably better than a lot of people would have. Because if, if I had said, like, Colin, nobody wants you, how does it feel to know that i don't think you would handle well you know it sucks well. blah 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 blah. but uh, no, he'd probably just be myself. like you know what i'm not answering that question yeah. but carson wentz you know stood up and just said hey that doesn't really bother me i don't think about that stuff so people can say that but i'm going to go out here and play football and i think that shows that he is a good leader if nothing else and uh he'll bring that to washington so 
he's definitely a guy that I think you root for, even if you're not a Washington fan, just because mm-hmm. he, he, he seems like a stand-up football player. And uh, I'm, I think that's the bigger takeaway. I mean, the questions, you know, like I said, I wouldn't have asked those that way. I don't think they're necessarily bad questions to ask somebody. Um, maybe may, I probably would avoid the second question completely just because I don't think at this point it's really something that's on Carson Wentz's mind. I think he probably yeah. should have went with the direction of leaving the first part out of that second question. Yeah. Philly, it's been documented they didn't want you. Indianapolis, it's been documented. But Ron they says he you. wants you. How does that make you feel? Cut that out and just say, do you feel like this is your last chance at being a starting quarterback? Yeah. I would. I could also say, you know, Ron has said he wants you. How does that make you feel as a quarterback going into this season? I think that's that a better too. question. Yeah. Nick brings up a good segue. So that tweet or that quote or that uh, video was posted by sharp warren sharp who is a nbc sports analyst and i guess he's a football analyst all around he said well then talk about pulling talk about not pulling any punches and that was quoted by uh commander's uh vice president or president of the the v the president of the commanders jason wright he said thankfully carson demonstrated grace in class in response to this pompous unprofessional mess I recognize you have made a living on childlike provocation or prov- provocation, but it needs to be called out. Don't expect special access and good luck building rapport with these guys. And he added the guy, the Scott Abraham from ABC seven. And then he responded with an article from the USA today from Mike Jones, who also writes about the commanders. And he says, and it's not what the guys can't take. It's not that the guys can't take criticism, just be a journalist and follow standard practices. Others have found ways to do both. And he put that story in there. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Overall, I mean, it kind of is just, it is what it is. I don't think it's a huge deal besides the people that were involved in that situation. But like I said, I don't think that that was about those questions, but. Like Colin said, I would agree that those are fair questions to maybe ask a quarterback that hasn't had a, a lot of success recently and kind of has had this drop-off um, in terms of on-field production and seems like he's kind of running out of opportunities. But I still think even if he doesn't have the best year in, in Washington, he could get another starting opportunity because I think overall he's better than most of the quarterbacks in the league. I'd, I'd put him around Baker Mayfield ranking. So as long as he stays in that area, I mean, somebody's going to take a chance on him. Yeah, speaking of Baker Mayfield, him and the Browns, or excuse me, not the Browns, so used to him being a Brown, him and the Panthers are coming to FedEx Field tomorrow for a preseason game number one. Uh, Ron Rivera said on Thursday that Washington will play its starters for, quote, roughly 15 to 20 plays with the goal to, quote, see some consistency out there. He later added all three quarterbacks will play, including Carson Wentz. So a couple questions I think you got to look at storylines going in this game. How will Carson Wentz look in game action? Uh, how is that running back rotation going to gonna fill out? Because, you know, they drafted the third-round pick, Brian Robinson Jr. out of Alabama. Uh, Gibson's in there, obviously, along with um, J.D. McKissick. J.D. McKissick. Couldn't think of his name right there. And then, uh, you know, you've got some other running backs in that room. Uh, along with Jared Patterson and Jonathan Williams, who is listed as the team's uh, third running back of, mm-hmm. in front of Jared Patterson. So we see how that shakes out. Uh, who's going to step up with Chase Young out? Could it be James Smith-Williams? He's kind of the, the, the guy, the third-year veteran in there. 
Casey Tuhill could also be one. Shaka Tony, uh, William Bradley King, those are guys that could could uh, be there on the force on the other edge. But I think those are some things you're going to have to look out for if you're the Commanders, if you're a fan tomorrow, to see what happens. Should be a fun one, getting to see all three quarterbacks. So uh, looking forward to uh, seeing our rookie, Sam Al. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see him. And uh, let's move our attention to the other team, the team that you'll hear tomorrow on Talk Radio WRNR. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they are playing the Seahawks tomorrow night at 7. Our coverage from the Steelers Radio Network will begin at 5 p.m. Obviously, quarterback, the uh, topic of discussion there as well with uh, Ben Roethlisberger retiring. And I guess it goes to the other side as well for the Seahawks with Russell Wilson being traded off to Denver, coming back, or Drew Locke, the starter, coming back in that trade, or coming back in that trade, Drew Locke, who's reportedly going to look to be the starter. But Geno Smith, WVU great, he's going to get the start in that preseason game to see how he works with the ones uh, on that Seahawks side. But on, on the uh, Steelers side, you got Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and Kenny Pickett all vying there for what's been quoted as open competition. Yeah, I know Pickett's right now listed as the third-string quarterback, which isn't too surprising. I mean, Rudolph is most familiar with the system. Uh you know, Trubisky's the guy they went out and signed. So uh, we'll see how Kenny Pickett looks. I think that will be fun to check him out in terms of his play. And, uh, you know, the Washington game, you guys mentioned it. I think there's a lot to, of intrigue there. And on the Seattle side, they have that quarterback controversy. But, um, you know, there's a lot of things, I think, to look at for both teams. It's the first preseason game, though, so – you know, Mitch Trubisky will probably only play like a series or two, I would imagine, even though it is an open quarterback competition. So maybe he gets a whole quarter, and then maybe Rudolph gets like the second and the third, and then you see Pickett for the fourth. I could see something And then like you that. maybe that. flip that the next game? Depending yeah. on how close the competition is. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it depends on how you want to do things there. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You can hear all that action tomorrow night starting 5 p.m. with the pregame show, 7 p.m. kickoff from the Steelers Radio Network. Uh, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by our seniors' home store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living. It is family-owned and operated and located at 360 Hack Wilson Way right here in Martinsburg. Go to Orsinis.com for more on the other side of this break. Uh, the NBA has decided to retire a great number, but it's not fully retirement. Or it's not, you know, nobody can wear it. So we'll talk about that and uh, maybe some uh, MLB stuff when we get back after this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this August 12th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by CMA Honda of Winchester and their Drive More Days event that's now through September 5th. CMA is already committed to never chain charging over sticker for their vehicles, but now during this special Drive More Days event, customers will receive 
a $500 gas card when they purchased a used vehicle. Go to CMA Honda of Winchester, 3985 Valley Pike. CMA driving lives forward. Spencer Dupuynik, Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Happy to have you with us here today. And we're into this third segment of the show. The NBA to retire Bill Russell's number six, but this is kind of like what the MLB did with Jackie Robinson, that uh, if you're wearing it right now, you can still wear it until you change the numbers. Yeah, it's the grandfather rule. It makes sense so that you don't have to force everybody that's currently wearing number six in the league to have to change it immediately. But I do like the fact that the NBA is retiring Bill Russell's number. He was a civil rights movement leader on the NBA level, an 11-time champion for the Celtics, an NBA legend, Hall of Famer, and it's a great job by the NBA doing this for him. It's hard to disagree with that, so I would agree. Uh, I was a little bit surprised by the news, I guess, just because you know it, it is a big thing to do. Um, retire the number across the league. It's not something that happens very often in sports. I believe he's now the third or fourth. Gretzky has his 99 retired, and Robinson has 42. So, third. so 30. third athlete to get that honor. So, I mean, that's quite the honor. Uh, obviously, the Finals MVP is also named after Bill Russell, Bill Russell Finals MVP Award. Uh, you know, and that's kind of what the NBA has been doing. It's been honoring its uh, – fallen players and guys that have passed away recently you know Kobe Bryant uh received the MVP of the all-star game trophy is now I believe the Kobe Bryant MVP so there's a few things there to kind of honor him uh so you know definitely a guy that though this is more about or this is about more than just basketball what he did on the court uh it's about you know a lot of the things he did off the court and uh being an 11-time champion too I mean that's a great achievement i believe that's the most by any athlete in uh, a team sport so you know bill russell's just a legend always seemed like a really good person and uh obviously it was very sad news when he passed away and definitely deserving of this yeah i think it is as well uh lebron james where's number six uh chris tops porzingis for the wizards where's number six uh, they'll continue to wear number six. But now let's turn our attention to the... I mean, unless they yeah. decide to change. But Yeah, I mean, they could decide to change ultimately, but as of right now, they have not decided to change since the announcement coming out yesterday. Uh, let's turn our attention to the MLB Field of Dreams game last night, and I was watching the pregame, and I, I think it was, it was Big Poppy's on the pregame, right? For, yeah, Big Poppy yeah. was out there. They were all... Was A-Rod on there too? I can't remember. Yes. Okay, yeah, they were saying that the ball flies there at the Field of Dreams Stadium in Iowa. It uh, didn't really fly last night. They were predicting, I think A-Rod predicted eight home runs. Why? I don't know. Didn't but, something crazy like that, though, happen last time? Yes, it did last year because it was really, really, really hot. It was like 90 degrees. But that's so the also the Yankees the and the White Sox. This was the Reds and the Cubs. Yeah, and uh, the Cubs got team. out to like a 3 nothing lead, and they won 4-2. to two. 3 nothing lead in the first inning. I'm sorry. I'm just still giving the eye to Nick saying those are good teams. They used to be at one point. But, I mean, I think it was – I was watching a little bit of it. I think it was really cool. It was weird, though, when Harry Carey – the oh, Harry I Carey loved graphic. That. It was kind of creepy. How was that creepy? I thought that was awesome. I mean, it was cool, but, like, when you just see it out of nowhere, no I thought that was a great touch. I sent that to you 
this morning they uh, had the holographic yeah. uh, Harry Carey to sing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." There, I and then I do really believe cool. Fox's pregame coverage. I uh, don't know if they opened it like this or not, but they did post on their social media. I was in and Nick. out watching Sorry, it. Sorry, my bad. I was I looking was, at the statistics. I was in and out of watching that game in the beginning of the game. I don't know if they did, but they're on MLB on Fox. They posted on Twitter the uh, the po- the poem from the Field of Dreams, uh, it being recited by Vince Scully, which I thought was a cool touch. We've seen that in the past, but mm-hmm. I thought that was a cool touch that they, you know, in light of him just passing away, I think that was a cool touch. Uh, but it won't return for 2023. If you ever watched it and you notice when they come in with the drone type shots, it's not a stadium yet. It's a temporary stadium. They're I guess they're they got the money from the state of Iowa and they're gonna build a full stadium there. That's cool. Yeah. But it's a temporary so. stadium as we speak, so I guess next year is when they're starting construction. So it won't be ready for twenty twenty three. And I guess there's a slight chance that it could not happen later on. It just depends on uh, if they decide they're going to do it, but I, I think having the, that game is, is a pretty cool game, and I, well, think, I think it brings a lot of fans. If they into build it, it, they will come. People I, will come out. Good you one. Just messed up my headset. How? As soon as you banged, I can only hear out of one ear now. Well, that's weird. Maybe you just lost hearing in that ear. Yeah, that could be. No, it's back. Okay, good. All right. Well, that's happened. good. Because that was concerning. I was yeah. worried about you. All right, well, we'll take our final break of the day, come back. We'll talk Aaron Judge. He could break Barry Bonds' home record, home running record, according to ESPN. And uh, talk Nats and O's headed into the weekend. That's the big return weekend at Nats Park. They are expecting the biggest crowds they'll ever have this year. We'll talk about that when we come back to close things out next on the Sports Mix. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back to this segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Camp Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to Parsons Ford. Dot com for more and by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices right here in Marley, Winchester Avenue, Spencer Puenick, Verzlini, and Colin McLaughlin. Hanging out with you for the next four and a half minutes before we uh, depart for the weekend for the show. We'll uh, be recording EPAC All Access this afternoon at Martinsburg. Football practice, uh, but Aaron Judge could break Barry Bonds' home run record. He needs 29 in 50 games. Uh, do we think it's possible? Well, he's got 16 in his last 30 games, so maybe, you know, if, if he pushes it, but I don't think it will happen. I think it's going to be very, very close if he does. It would be like the last day of the season if he does get it. Yeah, I don't I don't think he yeah, it's going to be close. I think he hits like 65. I think that's a realistic number, 65. It's still been a great season for him. He'll probably get MVP for it, and we'll leave it at that. But if he does get it, it'd be cool to, I guess, watch, even though he's a Yankee, which obviously we aren't Yankee fans. But What? What's the clean clean record? record? Yeah. That's a question. I don't know. Do we even know if they're clean, if they say they're clean? Who knows? I mean, obviously Bonds wasn't clean. Yeah, but... Who knows? Was the last person? Do we know if person? Judge is clean? 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Do we <laughs> know? We know. Do we? What do we know? We don't know. We don't uh, but know. we'll keep track of that towards the end of the season. I believe it's Roger Maris, right? Maybe, potentially. Sixty-one by Maris. Yeah, there I you think go. He breaks that. Did was Roger Maris? Who knows? He, was he clean? Who In knows? 1961, I think so. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Nats begin a three-game homestand with the Padres as Juan Soto and Josh Bell return to Nats Park uh, this weekend, and they're expecting the biggest crowd since the Ryan Zimmerman retirement, the biggest crowd probably for the rest of the season. You going? No. Why not? You keep asking me this. You, you asked me if I was going to the Commanders game or I'm going to that game. I'm not going to either. Why not? Why? Because. $9 tickets. I don't want to go. Why? I'll just watch you it on TV. You don't want to see Soto? You don't I'll have Madison. I'll watch it on TV. Yeah, I do. And my parents. I'll be at my parents tomorrow. Ah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good for uh, you. But I'm, you I'm take gonna, your parents to the game. Yeah. Be a nice I'm presuming song. there's going to be, be uh, nice. a few videos being played tonight. Maybe throughout the whole weekend they'll play a video uh, thanking them for their time, especially Both Juan of them? Soto. Yeah, Josh Bell's been pretty instrumental in his year and a half here, or his, during his year and a half here. It's a year and a half. Does he really deserve a tribute video? I don't know if he gets a tribute video, but I they might be like, "Hey, thanks, but at the Josh. same time, it's weird. He probably gets a like, thank you, but it's weird to, I guess, give one player one and not the other. But they just weren't good when Josh Bell was here. That is true. Like Juan Soto is a big reason why they won a World Series. Yeah, you are right, but I think they're going to do it. They're just not going to leave one person out. Yeah, they might. Uh, O's. They, they do tribute videos that much in baseball. Yeah, they do. I feel like that's a basketball thing. No, they do it in every sport. Yeah, yeah, they're it's doing big it though. For everybody, O's fell to the Red Sox last night in their random game. Uh, they're now point five games back of the Rays, who they start a three game series with tonight. Right, so win the series, and you're in the wild card as of right now. What so. are we expecting this week? I'm, I'm not sure. It's gonna to be win tough. The series, yeah. Shane McClanahan's pitching in one of the games. We have two totally different yeah. O's fans right it's here. It's time to be optimistic as an Orioles fan. So. I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. This team surprises you all the time. Exactly. So you can't like say they're not going to win this series, but I think it will definitely be a tough series. Tampa Bay is a good team, but and it's, we it's got not a, like it's we got the about last 50 series, games so left okay. in the season. Are they making the playoffs? Yes or no? I got a 50-50 chance. I like those odds. Sure, why not? All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll turn back to this at the beginning of October to see if they did indeed make the playoffs. Uh, but that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Thanks for tuning in all week long. We'll be back all week next week for a fresh week of shows. We'll be out at Coburn Field of Martinsburg High School filming another EPAC All Access. Looking forward to get those out to you guys next week and the week after. But for Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you next week.